Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Coram, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. If you don't know Chris Doe by now, you certainly will soon. He's a self-described loud introvert and creative genius who speaks regularly on podcasts, social platforms, and events to millions of listeners around the world, all while continuing his Emmy award-winning work as a designer, director, and founder of the future. I know Chris well, and he's truly a pure-hearted person, and he loves to share his insights to help others grow. And today, he shares his insights on tackling fear head-on and harnessing the power of determination. You're going to learn about exposure therapy and how embracing discomfort can lead to personal growth. Get ready because Chris knocks this one out of the park. But before we get started, if you haven't signed up for my free newsletter adaptation, you should check it out. Every Friday, I'll email you actionable tips for your mind, body, and recovery to help you look, feel, and perform better. These are actionable recommendations curated from the scientific literature and from my over 20 years of experience delivering human performance solutions. Check it out. The link is in the show notes. Now to my conversation with Chris. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Chris, we've talked about critical thinking. We've talked about obstacles. We've talked about comfort. What's mind-blowing to me is that you describe yourself as a social introvert, but you routinely get up in front of thousands of people and you get on camera for YouTube where your videos are seen by hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. How did you overcome this fear so that you could teach, so that you could take this knowledge and learnings and translate it? Because I think you have a really pure heart and in the sense of you really do want to educate people. How did you overcome that? I think you have to first reconcile if this is something you really want to do because you're going to need that in the dark days and there will be dark days ahead of you. You have to be led by the kind of impact that you want to make and the legacy you want to leave behind and let that outweigh the fear of you getting in your own way, fear of being ridiculed or being questioned or being trolled. And I think that fear oftentimes is stronger for most people than the desire to do something good with their life. It's Mm -hmm. very clear for me that what I want to do and where I'm living in my zone of genius is to be in front of people, to teach them, to help them solve a problem. My fear is I don't know what I'm talking about. They'll question me. Maybe my language isn't right, or maybe I don't have all the data to back it up. My fear is I don't look right. Maybe they hate my voice or just they don't like my shoes or whatever. And I just keep focusing on it's about the impact that I want to make. And this is the price I have to pay for that impact. And then I use exposure therapy, which is the more you expose yourself to a problem, the less traumatic those experiences are going to be for you over time. And so when I spoke in the beginning, I desire to make an impact. I want to connect with people. I want to share what it is I know. I believe it is a gift. And in order for the gift to work, I have to give it. But then I'm fighting against myself saying, oh, this keynote sucks. And I don't know what I'm talking about. My heart is racing. It's pounding out of my chest. You get all the symptoms of nervousness and anxiety. I have all those. Like I'm breathing weird. Like I'm, I'm like burping. It's all those things. And I'm just a nervous wreck backstage. But you know, over time, when, I'm, when I say over time, I just want to put it in context for people. We're talking about a period of about two and a half years to get comfortable speaking on stage and get comfortable speaking on camera and being okay looking at yourself and hearing your voice being played back on YouTube. I want to push pause for just a second to let you know that the AIM7 beta app is here and members are loving it. The community is thriving. 
AIM-7 turns your wearable data into actionable recommendations to enhance your mind, body, and recovery. For instance, we provide you the precise type, intensity, and duration of exercise that your body is ready to adapt to today based off of things that you already love to do. We also send you mental fitness interventions in the moment like breathwork tools to help you regulate your level of arousal so that you can calm down and perform better we already have over 150 people in the app and the stories that are coming out are amazing people are reporting being more present with their families being able to regulate themselves better adapting to stress better and even losing weight so if you want to join the aim 7 beta you can do that now by signing up at aim7.com and there's also a link in the show notes all right back to my conversation with chris like here's a really nerdy story for you in the beginning when we made YouTube videos, I could not look at the edits. My editors were like, hey, can you give us some feedback? I'm like, I cannot. You just have to edit it without me. I'll just <laughs> look at the comments and I'll look at the views to determine if it's any good. And I literally told them, if you see me walk by, put on your headphones and do not allow me to hear my own voice because it creeps me out. And it took a really long time for me to accept that this must be the way everyone hears me. Because in my head, in my mind, I sound way cooler than I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I think you sound pretty cool, but that is <laughs> so interesting. Have, you know, no, you got to accept it. Um, yeah. I understand what that is. Like on a podcast, when I first started in podcasts, I would listen to myself. I'm like, man, I, I don't, is that really what I sound like? <laughs> and then, but you know what? And listen, if you're, if you're listening to my voice right now, please take this comment in authenticity. But I've had some people be like, man, you got a really melodic voice. Mm. Like that was kind of meant for audio. You may hate my voice, but whatever. <laughs> the point being is, is like my perception wasn't reality. Yeah. Can I share with you a little story here? Please. I was recently asked to speak at the American Baseball Coaches Association. And, you know, I'm a real rigorous preparer for my, pro- I, I'd go through a very rigorous process mm. But, I mean, I was getting ready to roll out my product. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'd given the process its due time, but maybe it was like 90% of my 100. And I had put together a really good deck and all this kind of stuff. And I show up. And I, I, you know, I used to go to the American Football Coach Association meeting, and there'd be, you know, 10,000 people. I just didn't. I get there. It's at the Gaylord in Tennessee. This place is packed out. My little side room easily sits several thousand. Wow. And I'm like... Oh, dear goodness. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so the night before, you know, and I'm, re- you know, I'm ready to go. There's, yeah. I'm not going to mess know this up. I know myself, but man, I'll tell you what, I'm sitting there getting mic'd up and a sports psychologist for a major league baseball team is right in front of me and she's up on stage killing it. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to vomit. I'm mm. going to throw up. I don't know. So I, I get up, I go in the hallway, I'm doing my breathing techniques I go through this process. I'm like, I'm going to embrace the situation. You are made for this. Like you are, you know, I'm doing all and I'm ready to yeah. go. Right. So I go in, I'm all jacked up, still pretty nervous, standing round of applause for her. Everybody gets up of their seats and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I get up on stage. There's maybe 250 people there. Oh my God. Hannah had invited everybody to her Q and a, and anyways, it also reminded me that you're not as important as you think you are. (laughs) It was great though. It was a really good talk, but it was one of those things like in the moment I was so nervous. And for a second there, I was like, I would rather be anywhere in the world, but here. Yeah. And then I was ready to go. And then guess what? All those people left. And I was like, no, come back. Mm. And I think that's like, for anybody that's listening, next time you have that opportunity, just remember how privileged you are. And right now, 
like you and I, you know, right now, based off of my data, probably 15,000 people are going to end up here in this. Think about if we were in front of a packed audience of 15,000 people. I don't want to think about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking know, about one person in front of me. One person. Anyways, yeah. I'm more of an extrovert, but you are an introvert. That is your very nature. But you are giving this gift in such a lovely way. Any little tips or anything like that for people that maybe have to overcome this fear of public speaking, like a place to begin for them? Yeah. I mean, I just can imagine the roller coaster of emotions that you went on. Like, okay, I'm speaking. Oh my God, there's a lot of people here. Okay, this is cool. I'm going to nail it. I'm going to crush it. Oh, no, no, no. Everybody's leaving. Nobody wants to see me. And please, somebody stay until like, oh, you know, 200 is a pretty good group. This is like an intimate conversation compared to 2,000 people. Very intimate. And so one of those things is the thing that's been the biggest breakthrough for me in terms of public speaking is to change the lens in which you look at it. I think Mm. a lot of times it's, look through the eye lens, like this is important to me. I want this. I want people to love and respect me. I want to do my best. I want to appear to be knowledgeable and an authority and intelligent. It's a lot of I things that you're saying versus like, what is it that they want? What did they come here for? And how can I serve them? And that it was a really big shift for me. So prior to this moment in time, I'm doing everything that you're told to do. Just like you, you pump yourself up, a positive self-talk. You're doing the Amy Cuddy power pose. I'm sitting there like Wonder Woman. <laughs> I'm doing the vocal exercise. La, 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 la. You know, I'm doing the rise. I'm doing all that stuff. And none of it's working because my anxiety is too strong. It's too powerful. Mm. And then one time my wife was watching a video and I think it was like a Buddhist monk and he was giving a talk to a small group of people. And he paused for some reason. And he said, do you know why I'm so happy right now? And he's like, I want to tell you what's going on in my mind. And what he said really changed my life. He said that I'm saying a little prayer for each one of you. I'm wishing you well. Mm. I'm wishing you success and joy and happiness in your life. And that really was like, whoa. So if your thoughts are about you, like there's 2,000 people. This is crazy. It's cool. There's 200 people. This is terrible. But no, actually, it's good. If you switch the whole lens to, I just want to help. And I'm sitting there like in a gratitude mindset trying to be as generous as I can. At the end of the day, how could you get mad at me for that? Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button on whichever listening platform you are joining us from so you never miss another episode. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the next show.